Hi, family. So I'm currently sitting at school. I just took off my mask, so I think the audio would be a little bit better. Um, so today, November 9th, 2021, is my Bible anniversary. I think I mentioned it in a podcast, maybe a few podcasts ago, about how, um, you know, on this day, 18 years ago, uh, when I was six years old, I went to the Bible store. And um, they, they actually had Bible stores at this time. I don't think that they have very many anymore, but it was a literal Bible store. And I remember I went um, right after church one Sunday uh, with my family, and I picked out this pink Bible that I will actually make the cover art of this um, message. But I picked out this pink Bible. I hope this audio isn't bad. Um, I pray it's not. But anyways, so I picked out this pink Bible, super girly, with like gold trim. It had like this strap this long strap on it um and my name was indented into it in gold and I remember I had all these options of the font I wanted and you know what symbol I wanted if I wanted a butterfly or a cross or and I ended up choosing um the words God is love Uh, at six years old that's what I chose not a butterfly (laughs) but um but yeah and I remember when I had the bible I was just so excited like I think it's the first thing that was mine you know what i mean like yeah i had a bed like yeah i had toys yeah i had stuff but the first thing that it was like chantelle this is going to be yours forever this has your name on it this is your property you know what i mean like this is this was the first thing i owned that it was like this is mine forever you know this is something i'll keep forever so it's, it was like my first, like buying my first house at six years old. Like, that's what it felt like. Like, this is like, this is a big thing, right? Even though I didn't buy it, my family bought it for me. But you get the point. Um, and I've moved so much. I haven't really shared a lot about my past, but I've moved a lot throughout my lifetime. And I've lost a lot of things. I, I don't have really anything from my childhood. Um, I don't think I have anything at all from my childhood. But my Bible has survived all of the moves it survived everything and it's something that I've always kept close to me and there was a point where I said um you know this is my most prized possession this is the best thing I have um but let me tell you why that's not true anymore because I've realized that the physical bible the physical words on the page is not the best thing I have but but the words that are written on my heart and the relationship that I have with Christ um which has been a lot longer than 18 years you know, and, and a lot longer than my lifetime and a lot longer than anyone who's listening's lifetime. Um, and let me tell you, too, that over the past 18 years, not a single word on the pages of my Bible have changed. Not a single thing that God has said has changed. God hasn't changed over this 18 years. I've changed so much. Think of yourself. Think of yourself even last year to this year of how much you've changed. But we serve a God who never changes. We serve a God who's the same today, tomorrow, and yesterday. We serve a God who who has loved us forever and who has just been good to us forever. And so, um, you know, as I was holding my Bible this morning and I was really happy and, you know, I was like, wow, God, you know, I'm so thankful for my Bible. I just started to realize that, um, you know, it's not the Bible that I'm thankful for, but it's my God that I'm thankful for. And getting the Bible was kind of like that first step, um, towards really knowing God. And, um, you know, I, I kind of want to use the example of, I have a lot of Bible verses for us today, but I kind of want to use the example of um, of the smoking doctor. And so that example basically is, you know, there's a doctor, he's been to medical school, he knows all this stuff, he knows 
he knows the um, the perils of smoking. He knows that smoking is wrong. He knows that you know it's really bad for you. He has understanding of how it works. He knows how it affects every part of the body, right? But he still smokes, right? And so all of the knowledge he has is a waste, right? Because he's not applying it to his life. And similarly with the Bible, um, you could have a Bible. You could have had the Bible for a hundred years, you know. Now we all have access to the Bible, right? By God's grace, but if you do not apply the stuff of the Bible, if you do not understand and apply the wisdom that's in the Bible, then you might as well have not read it. Honestly, then you, then you just then it was like you just read a book, right? Um, and so I wanted to share some Bible verses with you. So I wanted to start with Hebrews four twelve, uh, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So the word of God is active, y'all. It's alive. It's powerful. It's not this passive thing. It's not just us reading the past. We have a God who never changes, right? So if you're reading about the past, you're reading about the current. You're reading about the future. This is who God is forevermore. Um, so it's alive. It's not something to be passively read. It's not a chore. It's not boring. Um, but it but it is who God is, you know, and it's alive. And I also like, uh, well, I like a lot of them, but Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So the word of God is our, is our guide. It's our light. Um, and I love James 121. Oh, no, no, no. Let me start with James 122. Oh no, let me start with James 121 because why wouldn't I go in order? So get rid so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's words. You must do what it says. Otherwise you are fooling yourself. So I love James 122 because it reminds us, you know, don't just listen to it. Don't just read. Don't just go to church every Sunday and then come back home and do the same things. You need to be transformed by the word. And that word transformed in the Greek is metanoia. The, the transformation of a mind, right? Your mind is changing from what you're reading. Like the smoking doctor, you know, you're not just learning this stuff and you're never going to apply it because what good is that? But you're actually learning and you're changing um, from the relationship you have with Christ and with the word. And so where do I want to go from here, y'all? I, I just feel so happy and excited, um, not just today, but every day that we, that we have the chance to know God, that we have the chance to... Um, allow his word. Oh, like it says in Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Oh, and I also love 2 Timothy 3.16, which says all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love this verse because sometimes people say like, oh, that's Old Testament, or oh, that doesn't apply to us, but 2 Timothy 3.16, New Testament, written by Paul, you know, it says all scripture, every single one was inspired by Christ. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Teaching so we know what path we're supposed to stay on. Rebuking so if we're on the wrong path, we know we're on the wrong path. Correcting so if we're on the wrong path, we can get back on the right path. And training in righteousness so that we can walk on the right path all the days of our lives. Amen. And then so I wanted to go ahead and say... Um, Oh, where do I want to go from here, y'all? I have a lot for you guys. Uh, so, yeah. And so I also wanted to say, you know, um, the difference between knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, right? So it's something we've talked about before, um, but just really quickly. So knowledge is just the information. You just have the information. Understanding is you understand the information, right? Like, um, I'll give you guys an example. And then wisdom 
is you know how to use the information. So I like using the example of a gun just because it's a little simpler to understand. So knowledge is I know what a gun is. I know how to use a gun, right? Understanding is, okay, if I use a gun, it could kill someone. So I know the repercussions of using a gun. I know when I'm supposed to use, I know like how it works and stuff like that. And then wisdom is actually applying that to your life. So I know what situation I'm going to use this weapon in. I know what situation I'm going to use this in. Um, so that's wisdom. And I want to say that, you know, we all have, we all have knowledge. Um, Chantal, what do you mean we all have knowledge? We all have the knowledge of God in our hearts, whether you've read the Bible or not. How can I say that? Because the tree of knowledge, right? In the Old Testament, what was the sin that Adam and Eve did? They ate of the tree of knowledge, the tree of knowing good and evil. So we know good and evil. And this is further supported by the fact that Noah, when God wiped out the earth, they didn't have the Bible, right? So how can we say like, oh, uh, God, they didn't have the Bible. So how do they know who you are? Like, how do they know what you like, what you don't like? Because it's written on our hearts. God has, God has told us what it is. We ate the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So we know what is good and evil. We know. That's why... Um, in psychology, uh, I think it's called a moral code or a moral law, but it's this idea that we all have a general set of rules. Like we know it's wrong to kill someone. We know it's wrong to steal something. We we know these general things, and that's because we ate the tree of knowledge in um, in the story of Adam and Eve. And so we're aware of these things. Oh, you know what's interesting too? Another thing, uh, this is such a side note and such a tangent, but when I was rereading that story, I noticed that, you know, the tree of life was also there and God didn't say like, you can't eat the tree of life. It was just the tree of knowledge. But they didn't want to eat the tree of life. You know, <laughs> they didn't want to eat the tree of life. They wanted the tree of knowledge. And I think that kind of says a lot about us today too. Anyway, that'll be, that'll be, that'll be an episode for another time. But, but yeah, so that's knowledge. Um, and so, and I want to go ahead and say First uh, Corinthians 3.19, For the wisdom of the world is foolishness before God, for it is written, written he is the one who catches the wise in their craftiness, right? Um, and I also want to give Jeremiah 10.14. <laughs> Jeremiah was very uh, straight, straight up with us. He said, Every man is stupid, devoid of knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols, for his molten images are deceitful, and there is no breath in them. Um, and then I want to go to... Um, Jeremiah ten twenty one. For the shepherd have been stupid and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they have not prospered, and all their flock is scattered. Um, so we are stupid when we don't seek after the Lord. We're stupid when we don't know the Lord, as it say in Jeremiah four twenty two. For my people are foolish; they know me not. They are stupid children; they have no understanding. They are shrewd to evil, but to do good they do not know. So, so we see that that um, that it's active to do good. It it doesn't say that. Um, you know, they haven't read the Bible. It doesn't say that they don't, they don't, um, you know, they don't read the Bible every day. It says they don't know me, right? And there's a difference between reading something about someone and knowing someone, stepping into relationship with them. I like to use the example of if your mom had a Wikipedia page, right? Or if you had a Wikipedia page, like, I don't know about y'all, but my Wikipedia page would be, you know, very to the point, oh, went to school at VCU, did this, did that, goes to the medical school now, does this, does that, does this, right? Um, but from reading the Wikipedia page, that doesn't mean you know me, you know, things about me. Like, you know, that God is loving, you know, that God is caring, you know, that God created the world, but, do, but do you have relationship with him? Do you know him? Not know of, but, but to know in terms of, do you have a relationship with him? Right? So this is what God is saying when you say, they do not know me, you know, of me, we all know who God is. You could ask an atheist. He knows who God is. Right. But do you have relationship? Do you know, in terms of relationship, um, the word know in the Bible 
is used in different ways, right? So, so to, to know, to have knowledge of something, right? But to know, the word know is also used in terms of relationships. Like when a man would have sex with his wife, it said he knew her, right? Because they, they have this intimacy. They've had this, this relationship, right? So, so understanding the context of the word know, right? And, and understanding that Jeremiah 422, they, they don't have understanding, and we know that our hearts are torn toward evil. The human heart is evil who could understand it, the Bible tells us, right? Um, but to do good, they do not know. They do not act on that, right? They do not have relationship with goodness, right? So not only are we to read the Bible, right? Not only are we to have a Bible, right? Um, not only is it that I've had a Bible for 18 years. Oh, look at me. No, 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 right? It's I, I, I know God. I have relationship with God. And that doesn't come because I have a pink Bible I bought 18 years ago, right? It comes because I, I know him, because I have relationship with him. You know what I mean? So um, one of one verse I like that's coming to mind is when uh, Jesus says that many will come to him and say, Lord, we know you. We cast, we did miracles in your name. We cast out demons in your name. Da, 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 da. And God will say, I do not know you. I don't have relationship with you. So, so it's not that God is saying, oh, I don't know who you are. God knows who everyone is, right? God knows you. God knows what you've done. But, but no, he doesn't have that relationship with you, right? And so I wanted to also get 1 Corinthians 2.14. The person without the spirit, I'm reading the NIV, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. So this is another important thing. Um, the ESV version says the natural person. Uh, the KJV says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. So you know sometimes when you're sharing the Bible with someone, and they'll be like, oh, that doesn't make sense, that doesn't make sense. There's been times in my past where I've read a scripture, and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. And now when I read it, I'm like, oh, like, how did I not understand that? This makes perfect sense, right? But it's because it's not by your discernment. The Holy Spirit discerns it for you, right? Um, they're spiritually discerned, right? So if you don't have the belief, if you don't have the Spirit of God, then you you'll never understand. You'll never you'll never it won't make sense to you because you'll just think it's foolishness, right? But um, another scripture I like says, "But the foolish things of the world, <laughs> but oh no, but the foolish things of God are better than uh, the foolish than the wisdom of the world, right?" So um, you know, there's that too. Uh, so yeah, let me see. I wanted to give y'all one more thing, um, and and you know, if you are looking for that word. You know, if you do want the spirit, you know, God promises that to us in Ezekiel 36, 26. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of, remove, yeah, remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Amen. So, so you, so you pray that you stand on that. God, I know you want to give me a new heart. I know you want to give me a new spirit. God, I receive that new spirit so I can understand your word, so I can apply your word, not just read it right? Not just passively read, but the word of God is a, as active and alive as we've said, right? And then um, I really like Psalm 119, 11 as well. I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So we know that the word of God is written on our heart. Um, and we know this because God has said it in Hebrews 8, 10 and Jeremiah 31, 33, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them on their heart and I will be their God and they shall be my people. So as people in Christ, um, we have God's word in our hearts. It's written on our hearts. We know what he's saying to us at all times, right? And we have this new heart and new spirit. And we store these things up so that we won't sin against God, so that we won't do the wrong things. And so finally, um, I wanted to end with Mark 4, 
which is one of my favorite parables. Um, yeah, one of my favorite parables. So read it in your uh, own time. I don't want to make this episode too long, but I'll go ahead and read, um, you know, after, after Jesus gives this parable, um, you know, the disciples come and say, what, you know, what, like, what does this parable mean, God, right? Um, and so he's coming to tell them, right? So we can start from Mark four fourteen. The farmer sows the word, right? So God gives us the word, right? God is sowing the word. When you, sorry, I'm going to wait for this car to go by. So yes. So God gives us the word, right? He sows it. So whether you're reading the Bible, whether you're going to church, whether you're listening to podcasts, whatever, you're, you're receiving the word, right? The word is being sown by God, right? So some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. So some people, when they hear the word, it's just gone immediately, right? It's like seed along the path. So that's like if I threw seeds on the sidewalk, right? There's no soil. There's nothing there. It's just going to be swept away immediately. So some people, when you hear the word, it means nothing. It's just gone immediately, right? Verse 16, others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And so this is, this is also the case for a lot of people, right? It's like you receive the word, you go to church, you hear the word, you're like, oh my gosh, I love the word, I believe the word, I love you, God, all this great stuff, and you genuinely accept it. But because you have no root, what's the root? That relationship with Christ. Because you have no root, what's the root? Knowledge, which is relationship, right, with God. It doesn't last. So when trouble comes, when you're having a hard day, when somebody's being mean to you, when the persecution comes, because as the Lord says, it's going to come, if he was persecuted, how much more us? But when it comes... You forget all about the word because there's no root. There's no relationship. It's just, it's just like, um, you know how people nowadays, they have like uh, inspirational quotes, like keep on keeping on time heals all, all that stuff. It's like that, you know, you're like, Oh, this is, this is a feel good message. I like this message. But, but when it happens, you can't, you don't apply it because you don't have that relationship. Um, and so as soon as trouble comes, you can't stand on the word, which is the time that you really need to be standing on the word. I mean, we need to stand on the word all the time, but that's the time where the word can really benefit you and help you. And, and instead of seeing it as beneficial, helpful, because you don't have the knowledge relationship, right? Um, it does nothing for you. So then still others, verse 18, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires of other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So I don't know about y'all, but as you read this, like kind of think like, okay, where do I fall in? And I know for me, I was definitely falling in here, you know, like just, just the worries of life, you know, the things that the world tells you are important. Oh, you got to do this. You got to have this. You got to do that. Right. Those things were choking the word of God out of my life because, you know, the Bible says you can't serve two masters, right? You can't serve the world and you can't serve God. So if you're looking to the world and you're saying, okay, this is what the world thinks is acceptable. This is what the world is saying I should do. This is what, you know, everyone around me is saying I should do. This is what everyone around me is doing. You know, you're allowing the word of God to be choked. You know, the, the things of this, the worries of this life, if you're worrying so much, the deceitfulness of wealth, you, you want to be rich, all this stuff, you think that that's what's important. Um, you know, and it's not that, not to say that like, oh, God doesn't want you to be wealthy, God wants you to suffer. Like, I've already talked about that. That's not the case. But the thing is, when you allow these things to take dominion of your mind, when you allow these things to take dominion of your heart, um, you're choking the word. You're making the word of God unfruitful, Right. And then the last one is 20. Others like seeds sown on good soil, which is who we want to be. They hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. So you hear the word, right? You got the knowledge. 
you accept it, you have the understanding, and you're producing a crop, wisdom, right? You're applying the word, and now there's there's wisdom. And then after it says some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. So with the knowledge that God has given you, you will reap. That's what this verse is saying. You will reap some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown because of this word of God and your ability to apply it. Um, you can just so you you'll reap so much in Jesus name. Amen. So I just wanted to share this message with you um, on this day on on my Bible versary. But you know, this day, it would be so much better um, not to be Bible versary, but to be the day that you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior to be the day that you start applying the words of God that you've that you've read not not that we're celebrating that you have a Bible, but that we're celebrating that you not not that we're celebrating that you know but that we're celebrating that you know, right? Not that we're celebrating that you have the knowledge, but we're, understand, we're, we're celebrating that you have the relationship, right? So, um, so yeah, so it's not really about the physical Bible is the point of all this all. It's not about having the physical Bible, but it's about the relationship that came, the relationship that grew. That, that, that verse, Mark 4, um, <laughs> Mark 4, 8, right, Mark 4, 8. It fell on good soil, right? God, your word is not falling on dry soil. It's not falling on a rocky place, but it's falling on good soil. And it's it's growing. It's producing a crop. I, I have the knowledge. I'm understanding. And I'm applying it, Father God. I'm using wisdom in your mighty name. So I just want to pray for you guys today. And thank you guys for sharing this day with me. Um, share with me if you have a Bible. I think one of my favorite gifts to give people is a Bible. Because I, I know it's so good to have, like, the online Bible. I still use it. I use the inter, interlinear on, online Bible because it's so convenient. But, um, sorry, there's some, like, crows. Uh, go away. But, yeah, so it's good to, um, and look, in Jesus' name, they're going away. But it's good to have um, a physical Bible because it just, I don't know. There's just something different. There's just something different. And like I said, that's one of like my favorite memories from childhood was going to get that Bible. So, uh, where was I going with this? I don't even know where I was going with that, but yeah. So I just want to go ahead and pray for you, uh, today and just ask that God's light will be around you and that we will be good soil in Jesus name. So father God, I lift up every listener before you today. I thank you for your word, father God. I thank you for the word that you have given us. I thank you for the word that is Jesus Christ. I thank you for the relationship and the opportunity that we have to build a relationship with you, Lord God, because of the blood that was shed by your son, Jesus Christ, that we can come boldly and unashamed before you, Lord Jesus, because of this blood that was shed, Lord God. We come before you humbly and openly, Father God, asking you to replace our hearts of stone with hearts of flesh, Lord God. We pray that the word that is sown will be sown on good soil, Lord Jesus, and that we will not only have the knowledge, but understand it, Father God, and, and spring forth wisdom, Lord Jesus, Father God, and, and that we will have returns of 30, 60, 100 foiled, Father God, as your, works, as your word says in Mark 4, Lord God. Let us not be foolish. Let us not fall into the traps of this world, Father God. Let us not be rocky soil or or sidewalk soil, Lord Jesus, but let us be the good soil, Lord God, for you are a good shepherd indeed. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Love you. See you next episode.